Hey, this is Kate. Welcome to Two Pastors Take a Walk and Make a Podcast. This is Yolando, and we're having a conversation about what is astonishing us, what we're thinking about, and what we are preaching. So, what's astonishing you? Oh, I was going to ask you first. (laughs) Well, I'm still living in the um, afterglow of last week's revelation. Uh, I, I... I can't get over it. I'm not sure that I should. Simple but um, not easy. Simple but not easy. Yeah, I I began the sermon with it on Sunday and just had so many people say things like, that's kind of what I've been trying to get at for years, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'm still so energized by it. Like, it's given me a new uh, sense of determination and in the best sense of of the word fight mm-hmm. in my spiritual life. Like I'm thinking, oh, Paul says fight the good fight of faith. And so I've just been energized this week to um, focus, double down on spiritual disciplines and to invite others and acknowledging, hey, this is hard. So when you when you don't do it perfectly, when you eat, mm-hmm. when you say you're fasting, it's okay. This is hard. It's all right. And you know what? God is using it to shape you. So let's just be in this hard together. And um, uh, we're in this 52 weeks of joy and it's given a new um, look at joy because I got in the sense after all these weeks of talking about joy, people are like, yeah, okay. Count it all joy. Rejoice, and again, I'll say rejoice, joy of the Lord. We got it. We hear it. But now, if we start thinking about fighting for joy, mm-hmm. like be very intentional about, um, uh, uh, you know, as Paul says in Philippians, whatsoever is good, lovely, blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. think about these things, that that has real value and um, uh, ability to shape not only our own lives, but our community. So, yeah, I'm still living in the afterglow of, last week's revelation. And um, I, I'm i usually very cautious. As much as I love and embrace the gifts of the Spirit, when someone says, you know, God spoke to me, I had a revelation, my little discernment antenna goes up. And even when I hear myself say things like, God spoke to me, I had a revelation, I think better check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? <laughs> but last week was true, genuine Revelation, and I'm just still astonished by that moment, that that time in my car. So. You know, here's what I I think. Um, you are so good at sitting with and savoring and treasuring revelations. And what's so funny to me about hearing you say that is like, I mean, that I th- I think was really. Um, something I should have sat with longer. And it was in that moment, I was really excited about it too. As if anybody listened to the podcast, they could hear it. And that was sincere. And, but like, by the time Sunday came, like my brain, my little monkey brain had done like 19 other things. And man, I think I mentioned it, but I mean, it was really just in passing and, and hearing us have this conversation again, makes me realize, no, that's, that's way more significant than I gave it weight to. And I just feel like that is a fundamental problem that I have in how I, whatever, practice my faith, walk with God, mm. is that I just kind of am a, in like a, what have you done for me lately? Like, that was a great mm. moment. Like, let me pull it away and now move on to the wow. next thing. And so I just don't, um, cause I, cause, <laughs> cause I've been in a little bit of a funk lately. And I think that that, 
you know, revelation was not just for you and your people, but for, for me, um, I'm sure for some of my people too, although they didn't really hear it cause I was just, you know, mm. flipped right by it. But, um, but it's really helpful. So anyway, I appreciate well, that you don't go like, I had a revelation next <laughs> week. So what do I got this week, yeah. God? You know, that's, but I think if I remember correctly, you were the one who gave the language of yeah. simple, yeah. but not easy. Cause I was saying simple, but complex or simple, but mm-hmm. hard and you did simple, but not easy. And it just like, no, I mean, it. and in that moment, I really, I mean, it was one of those moments where, you know, I know you have this all the time that like something comes out of you that you don't really feel like yes. you've thought of. Right. Yes. Like, so it was one of those moments yes. I'm chopping, I mean, yes. frequently, yes. right. I mean, yes. anything <laughs> that anybody is impressed with that I say or write, I usually experience mm. that not as something that I thought of, but as something that was given, given to me, right? Like yeah. it's just the creative process, whatever. I mean, if I experience creativity very much as the Holy Spirit yeah. generously giving you something that you didn't, whatever. Anyway, so that's just very interesting though that I I don't, mm. and I know that. And actually we have a, a second hour class every week at the Grove. It's something I'm trying to get in the culture, which is just, well, we call it carry it out. So that the idea is, you, you know, you come to worship, A, a big shift is to say, I come to worship expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, expecting to be fed by God, expecting, like if I'm seeking a word, if I'm seeking direction, if I'm seeking um, wisdom, that God is faithful to give it to me. So I come expecting to receive and so to notice, like not, oh, so-and-so did such and such, or that was out of key, or I didn't, shouldn't have, whatever, but just coming, Or to simply say, boy, that was a good service and walk away. Well, and that's the thing. So A, I come expecting, and then B, if God gives me a word, it's, it's not, uh, like it's not fast food. Like it's not just for my yeah. temporary pleasure. It's given to me so that I can incorporate yeah. it, embody it in my life. And so the idea of this carry it out class is that you come together with a group of people and say like, okay, we believe that, that God is actually in this, which mm-hmm. is a foolish belief, like admittedly, yeah. but we believe that when we come together and sing our little songs and say our little prayers and do that, like God manifests God's self through this act of worship, crazy, but that's what we believe. And if yeah. we don't believe it, we should go to brunch. <laughs> and so if we believe that, then we show up expecting that, yeah. noticing that, and then not just to be like, well, that was entertaining. Let me go back to my real life. But no, if I believe That's good. that God revealed something to me, then I want to be in a community of people that That's holds good. me accountable for saying like, okay, God told you that for a reason. So what will your response be? Not like you better get in line and do it perfect, but I want to do something with yeah, this. I yeah. want to leave changed mm-hmm. and I want to be a participant in the changing. And I just feel like that's something I'm really, that helps you live deliberatively instead of res- responsively to everything. Right. And that's a, that is a goal that we're anyway. But it's great to build that in as a community discipline. I mean, that's, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at all sure that we have succeeded in communicating that to our community yet. But I, I'm You're working, working on, on it. it. Yes. So anyway, that's really interesting because yes, simple, not easy is huge, and I didn't stay with it. So game anyway. changer. So yes. what's astonishing you? Um, well, I have two stories this week that are going to delight you. So I'll give you the first that's astonishing <laughs> yes. you because this is a moment where. So something happened. I did something in worship, and it, and I was not aware of it. And and then on Sunday night, someone pointed it out to me, like in a really fun, friendly. Uh, I mean, it was fine. It was totally appropriate. But I literally, like my, I could not speak. Like I was so astonished. Uh, anyway, so um, I just can't wait to hear this. I know. <laughs> 
So you know, this week, like I, I, we write a little teaser in the newsletter every week where I'll sort of say like, hey, here's what worship is going to be. And like, here's, here's the main point of the sermon, like come and hear this. Cause it's trying to say to people like, hey, worship this week will be special. And if yeah. you don't come, like it'll be, well, it's not happening again. So yeah. like, this is You'll what we're something. doing. Come and be part of it. Um, it's an invitation, not a threat, right? But anyway, so I was writing about like Jesus in this moment when everything was falling apart, as we're doing the last words, Jesus says to his disciples, you know, I'm giving you one commandment, seven mm-hmm. words, seven words to hold on to when the world is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Only one thing, one commandment is short, seven words, come and find out what they are, blah, blah, blah. So then I go through the whole service and I'm sitting down with the children's sermon and I'm like, okay, my children's sermon is going to be, I'm going to give them Jesus's one commandment. And then we're going to talk about what that looks like. Fine. And, but the big thing, like with the kids is we're going to count off the words, right? So I'm the children are in front of me, I'm facing them. So my back is to the congregation and I'm like, okay, kids count with me. And I have my hand up in the air and I'm going to like, you know, put my thumb up for one and the next finger for two and count them out. Like these seven words, it's Got only it. seven words. Like Got we it. can do it. Right. Got so, it. so I count them out and I'm like, love, love one another. As Christ has, as I have loved you, right? Because in my head, one another is one word. That's the second word, right? So love one another as I have loved you. Seven words. It's just seven words. Blah, blah, blah. So immediately, like Colin tells me, like I have no idea what's going on. The kids look confused, but they always look confused. So I'm used to that, right? And I'm just powering on. Let's count it out. It's just one command. Love one another. Because I'm not really trying to unpack it. I just want them to know it, right? But apparently Colin says like behind me in the congregation, people are like, what in the world? One another is not one word. Word. And they were telling me that at dinner on Sunday night. And I was like, oh, yes, it is. One another. It's one word. Like, I really, yes. literally believed it was one word. And then you the, fought for it. I did. I mean, I just I, I just was astonished. Like, yeah. I I legitimately to still feel That's like so one great. another is one so word. Great. Like, And the funniest one. thing of all, <laughs> one another. It makes sense. It's one concept. The idea yes. is that the another Love. is one. We are one. Love. We are one Love. another. Anyway. And the funniest thing of all was that this one woman in our congregation, just like one of the great saints of our congregation, had during our ministry opportunities, had invited the whole church because they're re- relaunching the bell choir. And so she's standing up, just like one of my favorite people, this one of our older saints, and she's British, and she loves this sort of really traditional music, and she's trying to invite people in to be a part of it, which I love. Um, but she's like, anyone can do it. You just have to be able to count to four. And so then when I'm doing this, the children's sermon after that, my friend's like, yes. Kate can't join can't the bell choir. <laughs> <laughs> she can't count to four. She can't even count to three. That's because, great. Like, anyway, so I was like, you know, there are these days where you're like, you know, just spend all week thinking about like, what is the revelation and how am I going to say it in a way that people will remember? And my whole thing was like this one commandment, it's seven words. You can, you know, we can't say we can't remember it. We can't, it's simple, not easy, right? Seven words, except it's eight words. In my mind, I can just uh, see you putting energy into it. Come I'm on, so kids. Into it. I know. I'm so I can just into see it. it. And the worst thing is like, I don't, you just realize, and but nobody said anything to me about it after worship, and I was like, "Oh, they're no, not even my friends." They're, gra- <laughs> like, they're trying to be gracious know, and just, good. We love uh, our pastor, but our pastor can't count. She can't count or speak English. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, one another is one word in the Greek." Another. I'd like to say in my defense, but one another it should be one word. It should be one it should word. Should be one word, but it's not. So. 
What are you thinking about? I am thinking about this fantastic book that someone from the Grove gave to me. Uh, I will call her a new friend, yeah. Kim. Um, a book by Alicia Brick Cole, The 40 Days of Decrease. And it's a um, Lenten devotional. And I got to day three. And here we go again. I'm, I'm just, I got to stay right there. Yeah. It's so good. Um, and it's about, it's, it's, it's a book about fasting, but not fasting food, but fasting things that are in your soul that should not be. When or, I'm just making the connection, this is like your whole thing in the church is to do, is for everyone to fast this yeah, land together. So that's yeah. a really cool. And it's, yeah. uh, the text of this book is based on the gospel of John and we're reading through mm-hmm. the gospel of John, uh, as a congregation. And so, um, it, I'm just impacted by uh, the, the third day she writes about decrease and John the Baptist living this life of decrease so that others could see Jesus in and through him. Um, and this idea of fasting compliments or fasting praise that or fasting seeking those things and needing those things. And um, it just, I mean, it hit me hard because as a pastor, it really is nice yeah. and encouraging when the saints value and something validate. that you do and yes. validate what you do. And it does it does give a certain boost and um and, and those things are so appreciated. But and sometimes I, necessary. And necessary, yes. But I recognize that I can get to a place where I crave, I almost need yeah. that. Yeah. And well, it can be unhealthy. Yeah. It just, it's just, I totally, in fact, my friend Lindsay filled in for me a couple weeks ago when I was mm. visiting my parents and she was like, I love this little line you do at the end. You just, it's like the line of compliments, right? Okay. It's like, I know. And I love mm. greeting people after worship. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I legitimately just feel very full of the Holy Spirit in that moment and very grateful just yeah. to connect with people in yeah. that moment. But there are times when it just feels like, oh, I feel like you think I'm just standing here so that you'll tell me it was a good sermon, which Absolutely. is yeah. like awkward and unhealthy. And I don't want my love for you and your love for me to be based on performance. I want it to be based on our mutual yes. love of Jesus and our experience of the Holy Spirit. And and yet, I also want you to like my sermons, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's just a hard space. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I don't like so, that book. I'm not reading it. <laughs> well, when I'm in those seasons where I'm not getting those things, it, yeah. it does become really hard. And what happens is that I begin to doubt myself, doubt the ministry, um, or do things to get them, or do things to get them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I really haven't been that aware of my hunger for um, mm-hmm. validation, affirmation. Um, yeah, and so that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how I can do this work in a way that appreciates those compliments when they come, but not need them. And um, Alicia Britt Cole, uh, I think she's quoting Corey Ten Boom or someone, mm-hmm. and she says that their practice is to 
gather any compliments that come like flowers and then to hand that bouquet to the Lord to say, thanks, this is really, Mm -hmm. it's not for me. It's really for you. Um, But I, I don't, if I'm being honest, I really don't know how to do that quite. Yeah. No, I understand. I, yeah, yeah. I really, I really identify with that. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. And um, yeah, I, I'm so grateful that Kim gave me this book because it's one that I might've seen on the bookshelf in Mm -hmm. a store and I would have just glossed right past it probably because of the publisher and um, the author. Yeah. I would have. Why the author? Well, um, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Please. Um, because the author looks like um, um, an upper middle class housewife who has everything going for her. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you if you can picture Victoria Osteen, yeah. right? Just yeah. um, just looks like she has everything together, right? It's like what is she going to tell me about decrease? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the beginning of the book, uh, in the introduction, she tells you her own story about this great illness. And boy, she really got a lot from um, the Holy Spirit uh, from that and is really pouring it out in this book. And it's 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 a valuable uh, thing for me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, having to confront my own prejudices, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you thinking about? Uh, well, <laughs> I think uh, um, last week when we were meeting is sort of when um, things were starting to come out about the massacre in New Zealand. Mm. And um, we, <laughs> and I, I have been thinking all week about, obviously, just how to respond to that, how to mourn that, how to mm. not... Um, how to take a right posture towards it, how to lead my congregation in responding to it. And, um, and I just, on the one hand, um, we can't anymore stop the world when some kind of horrific act of terror happens, mm. because I mean, I, I feel like the world should have stopped turning like the way that my, the day that Michael Brown died. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that was this moment right. where I was like, this is a right. horrific thing that will change everything. And it changed nothing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, which is not then to say like, Oh, who cares? Like mm-hmm. these things happen. Mm-hmm. I'm moving on. And, and particularly when there's just great suffering in a community of, uh, you know, in, in a community that is not my own. Mm-hmm. Right. And in a community that, um, receives a lot of persecution and suspicion and hostility not just around the world but in but in our city just sort of mm. how do we how do we respond to that and um it was just interesting because i i just felt really i mean i mean it's just terrible and yeah. i want to feel terrible i need to feel terrible and and it was interesting because i kind of was talking to some people about like what a brutal day it was. And I think people thought like, Oh, what horrible thing happened to you? And I'm like, well, nothing horrible happened to me. And I don't want to like, I don't know. It's just so awkward because, because you, you say something about it. It's almost like you're trying to like out holy other people. Right. Mm. Or like, I feel terrible about this. Mm. Why don't you? And that's not what it's about. But also I do feel as the, 
leader, servant leader of a faith community, it is partly our job to help people understand like what does it mean to be the body of Christ in a moment like this? And then I was also just thinking on a personal level, like wanting to think about how I practice my faith, not just in my professional role as a pastor, but also um, as a you know, actual human being yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. mother to my children, yeah. right? Like it's an important way that I want to teach my children is what does it mean to love Jesus and to follow Jesus in relationship to people of other faith traditions and mm. how can we come alongside and mourn with people and support them? And, you know, anyway, so was thinking about all of this. We're out of time. Sorry. <laughs> um, thinking about all this on Friday and how I, and how we wanted to respond. Anyway, I just thought like on our way to dance, um, I was going to take the girls with me and we were just going to do something, um, just kind of show up and do something mm. for, for the mosque, something super small and super tiny. And I was talking to the girls about it and, um, you know, trying to explain like, why are we doing this? And like, what is the point? And it doesn't fix yeah. anything and it doesn't change anything. Like, why would you do this? And, um, and trying to talk to them about like, not only do we want to do this, but we, we want to do this without kind of knowing if anyone will be there or, or like mm. not knowing if anyone will know that. And certainly people won't know that it's us. And I'm mm. talking to them about like, this is how we, when we want to try to bless someone or bring beauty in the world, we always want to try to make it be a secret, right? Like we yeah. want it to be about wow. the thing and not about getting credit for it. And so, and I'm explaining to the girls, especially my older girls, like Jesus saying, like, if you're going to give, don't let your right hand know what your mm-hmm. left hand is doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we're going to do this thing and no one will be there. And we just, you know, do it and move on and we won't talk to anybody about it, whatever. And so we, we get to the mosque and there's the parking lot is empty and I'm like, this is great. And so we, we go out to the door. Well, it turns out, um, that there's actually a news crew on the inside. And so they end up like doing this like stupid interview thing. And like the imam was there and he was with you guys. Right. And the, and the mom's like, we want to do this. And I'm like, no, like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, well, it'll be good for our community to know, like, which I do understand. Like if you are, I I can't imagine, or I try to imagine, like if I'm a Muslim person and this has happened, you just feel like, well, everyone in the city is against us, right? Mm -hmm. Or no one cares, Mm -hmm. or I'm Mm -hmm. terrified Mm -hmm. and no one, because I'm like, okay, from that perspective, that's fine. Even though now I look like the biggest wanker ever, right? (laughs) Like you do this tiny little thing and now it's on the news, right? It's just ridiculous. (laughs) And so we're leaving. To, to go on our way and Quinn was like so um, that whole right hand left hand thing really didn't work out did it mom and I was like no anyway so but I was I mean it was just this awkward moment but also just realizing as believers I really do feel like we need to make a public response mm. when tragedies happen in general, especially when tragedies happen to people who are, quote, not like us, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when there are lots of Christian, there's lots of misunderstanding about what it means to love Jesus and so who our enemies are. And there are lots of Christians who sincerely believe what they've been taught to believe, which is the people who are in that mosque whatever, like don't matter or are worshiping Satan right, or are right. evil. And yeah. like, and yeah. so I do feel like I'm just always stuck with the awkwardness of like how publicly to do things. Mm. Right. Mm. And, and if you do them super publicly, it looks like you're seeking affirmation or credit yeah. and you're really mm-hmm. not. But if you do things totally secretly and privately, then you're not helping to normalize mm. for everyone in our community. Like, oh, this is how we respond, right? Like, this is yeah. just what we do. This it's not special. Do. It's not heroic. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's just, this is normal, mm-hmm. right? And we want to make people 
showing up and doing small, personal, one-on-one things normal for believers, right? Like I don't have to have a session meeting and ask the church to come up with one unified act, right? Mm. Like I don't have to wait until Mech Ministry says, hey, we're going to have a rally. And those things are great. But I also just feel like I want people to feel empowered and also compelled on a personal level that like I'm a person in this world and this happened and I'm a follower of Jesus. What do I do? What am I doing, yeah, right? Yeah. And so that—that's what I'm thinking about is—is is how is—is is how we help. I don't know. Draw other individual members of our community into the struggle and to say, I mean, honestly, I don't want you to ask what is the church going to do. I want mm. you to ask what am I going to do? Yeah. And I don't need to get everyone to go along with me in order to make a response. Mm. And like, there's a beautiful image. Um, that went viral, which was great, of this man in somewhere in England who showed up at daily prayers in his mosque and was just held a little sign that said, like, to my Muslim friends and neighbors, I'll keep watch while you pray. Wow. And like wow. he said, like people walking in, like at first they saw him with a sign and they thought he was a protester. And then when they got closer and they read it, they were just overcome. I just, I think at the fact that he wasn't anybody's representative, he wasn't an elected official. He didn't have permission or authority. He was just a human being saying, you're my neighbor and I'm showing up. Right. And I just want, like, I want more of that in our communities. And I want the things that we do together, not to be the end, but to kind of be the laboratory that inspires us as individuals to say like, no, how am I doing this? And anyway, so it just, I've just been thinking about that a lot. And yeah. I and I have some people in my community who I love a lot being mm. like, oh, you know, are we going to put the sign back up on the fence? Are we going to do mm. that? And I'm like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But but we've already done that. And our institution doesn't need to respond. We need to respond. Yeah. Like we need to figure out who in our lives is most likely to be feeling terrified, to be feeling mm. hated, to mm. be feeling invisible. and And how do we respond? And also recognizing that, you know, there's so much pain, there's so much hate, there's so much violence that, you know, not everyone in the community is going to be able to respond to everything. And so yes. I, I get that a lot. They're like, well, if we do this for this group, then how come we're not doing that for that group? And to be like, well, I mean, we can do different things for different people all the time. But part of it is everyone in, like, we all have different heart burdens mm-hmm. and we need to have worshiping communities that don't feel threatened by that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also just say, you know, I'm glad that you're responding to this thing in this way. And I'm going to respond to that thing in that way. And Jesus is going to be glorified in all of our yeah. weeping with those who are weeping and trying to b- bring beauty into the middle of ashes and that kind of thing. That's so good. anyway, wow. that's what I'm thinking about. That's good. And it was an awkward and ironic, that's good. totally so, failed teaching moment. So what, what station is this? I'm not about? talking about that because it was stupid. And also the okay. one thing that encouraged me was like, no one watches the local news, so it'll be fine. Well, no one will find out about it. I'll so look it up. Don't look it up. Cause that's, cause that's, I almost wasn't even going to talk about it, but I just, too late. I mean, it just, oh, don't make me but, but make us re-record is, this whole podcast because that's not the point. The point right. is you got to do things. It is a, it is a great seen. point. You're making a great point. Um, you know, Jesus saying we are to be salt and light in the world, and that the church, not so much the institution, but the followers of Jesus, are supposed to be a sign 
of what God intends for the world. Right. And the reality is like it connects back to this idea of compliments, right? Like we have to fast on compliments so that we can begin to have the imagination to do things that will be unseen or to do things that might be Missing, well, right? And I, I'm also thinking the right thing for the right reason. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. And that's what's so hard mm-hmm. is like if I need to be validated in my walk of faith by people mm-hmm. validating me, then I can only do faithful things to the extent that other people can perceive them as faithful. Right. Yes. So like I can't go farther. I can't go first. I can't be a sign of anything because I yeah. just need constantly to get that positive feedback loop, yeah. not from Jesus, but from my brothers and sisters. And sometimes, you know, that's not possible. And and so I can't, we have to be able to be both really humble and willing to hear people say like, eh, that's, you know, yeah. whatever this, that the spirit in which you did that was not good. And mm. also being able to say like, I'm going to do this mm. and I know it's going to get misunderstood by a lot mm. of people, but I really sincerely believe with, with everything that I have, that this is a way of honoring Jesus. And so I just got to do it anyway, yeah. even if it's going to make people think like, well, whatever, fill in the blank, you know, or, or it'll be completely unseen and people think, well, what did you waste your time on this yeah, week? What, whatever. So that's, that's what I'm thinking about. Well, I'm We're, not preaching this Sunday, so what I know. Are you well, this is a super long podcast, so I'll, I'll catch everyone up next week because it's, it's long. We All should, right. we should say goodnight, Gracie.